0: As we begin to hear the word, just a a reminder that I failed to give many times before. If you have kids that are getting a little rambunctious and you just need to step out, the nursery can help you out up to five years old just to give you a little break and come right back when you're ready to go. I am so thankful for the weather today. I hate to have my happiness dependence of just upon weather circumstances but man this day is glorious already so i'm just eager to share the word with you today and to be sent out into this world praising our good god our word today comes from first peter we've been here for a couple of months now first peter chapter 2 verses 13 through 17 first peter chapter 2 verses 13 to 17 Our Lord writes through Peter, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we hear how God wants us to receive this, let's bow our heads and pray. That He would open our hearts. God, these are hard words for us today. Kind of shocking words for us. After a couple of months of just unfolding this beautiful news of salvation and our identity in Christ, to hear this Word will be difficult for some hearts. So I pray that You would soften every one of us and see how You are at work by Your Spirit to make Christ known in our lives. May this word inspire us to offer our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, pleasing to you, Father. Make yourself known through this word now and send us out of here on fire to be servants of the living God. Amen. <clears throat> in 1782, just a few Short months after General George Washington secured an incredible surrender from the most powerful empire on earth, many of his continental officers were clamoring for him, urging him to accept the crown as the new king of America. They schemed many ways to try to trick him into it or pull him into it, make it irresistible to him, and he pushed it away. He refused. He was appalled at such a notion, saying, denying it immediately and saying, don't bring it up again. I want nothing of it. He just wanted to go home and live in peace. That's what the revolution was all about. Leave us alone so we can make our own decisions and live in happiness. But the new nation did need some leadership. So after a little while, he did finally agree to a very limited power presidency. Instead, that which he would depend on so many others to fulfill their roles. Up to this point, he had trusted Thomas Jefferson's pen to craft words to inspire independence. He leaned on Madison's genius to create a constitution of limited powers and shared authority. He looked to Hamilton to help guide economic policy. And then in a move more astounding than him rejecting the monarchy, George Washington, after his second term, stepped down voluntarily and handed off the presidency to John Adams. Though the world clamored for him to step forward and take leadership, Washington stepped away and submitted his position to another leader setting a pattern that would now continue today nearly 240 years later. George Washington could have owned the world. It was all right there for the taking. But instead, of using, instead, he used his authority to lift others up so they could enjoy the same freedom that he had. He rejected taking glory for himself and made it possible for others to share with him. Now, as we read this word about submitting to government, subjecting yourself to government, you may wonder what in the world George Washington rejecting the monarchy has to do with that. We're not like George Washington offered this great power. We're Just ordinary men and women trying to get through life, oftentimes having to put up with a really frustrating government. And remember, too, that Peter is writing to Christians who've been pulled up out of their homes and taken to strange cities to live in unfamiliar places, beaten and mocked for their faith. And now he's telling them to submit to the very people who are ruining their lives. What does Washington's rejection have to do with this? Well, recall that just a few verses before this, what did Peter refer to Christians as? A royal priesthood a royal priesthood we are heirs to an eternal kingdom that has authority over all the earth jesus said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and now he's working that through all of us to make more kingdom citizens paul says we are ambassadors of this amazing kingdom this powerful kingdom in christ we even have authority over angels to command angels We have greater authority in Christ than George Washington was ever offered. And so with that, you can imagine that some people are thinking, if we're a royal priesthood, why are we putting up with this treatment? We have authority over angels. We don't need to submit to Caesar. Rome needs to submit to us. But that's not how God's kingdom is going to take this world. Instead, Peter is calling us as free servants of God to give honor to everyone as to the Lord. He's not just telling us to put up with trouble until Jesus gets back, but to use your freedom in Christ to go into the world and serve to make Christ known in a different way than the world understands. Submission isn't about shaming yourself Becoming a doormat, laying your life down as though you're, you have no value, you're worthless, and letting people walk all over you. Submission is voluntarily using your freedom to honor others. Looking for an opportunity to lift somebody else up. This is how Christ will take over the world. Giving honor, His servants giving honor to everyone else as He did to us. This is our mission of submission as we're going to see in verses 13 and 14. Christians are called to go into the world, find every single opportunity to serve. And then in verses 15 to 17, He tells us that we do it not as someone's pawns in their scheme, but voluntarily with an identity of freedom. So let's look at this mission of submission that Peter calls us to in verses 13 and 14. Go back to the text. He writes, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. This phrase, be subject, means to place yourself underneath somebody else's authority. It's often used in military context to speak of soldiers who are under the authority of commanding officers. Now, the Bible uses this phrase a lot just to speak of who we are under God. Submit to God. Be subject to God, the ruler of the universe. Luke uses this word a few times in his gospel to speak of the uh, demons that are subject to Jesus and the disciples' commands. They speak and the demons flee. And in the end, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that all creation will be put in subjection under Jesus' feet. Incredible, powerful word. But it's in other places translated simply, submit. It's a dirty word to us in our culture. We don't like the idea of submitting. I'm my own person. I'm independent. I make my own decisions. I answer to nobody. But the apostles use this word over and over and over again to speak of a primary characteristic that defines all of us in Christ. We are a people who submit. So Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, says, do not be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that look like, Paul? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And he lists five things. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns, singing together, making melody together, giving thanks to God in everything. And fifth, the one that he is going to stretch out over a whole other chapter, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's a primary characteristic of Christians. Being filled with the Spirit means you are marked by an attitude of submission. And Paul says it's because in everything we do, we are submitting to Christ. He's the King over everything. And so how we relate to others shows our submission to Him as the King. It's His world. He is on the throne. And every time we place ourselves beneath another authority, it's as though we are hearing from King Jesus telling us what He wants of us. This is how Peter is transitioning to a new section of his letter. The first Chapter and a half so far that we've covered have just been laying a theological groundwork for us. Giving us an identity in Christ as a royal priesthood, as sons and daughters of God with an eternal inheritance. And now he's getting specific. How do we live in this world as royal priests? His answer? Submit to every human institution though he's going to explain government order in just a moment, and then he's going to talk about socioeconomic relationships and family relationships, this is really just a catch-all statement to say, Christians, find somewhere to submit. Wherever you can. Though we are royal priests, now is the time to serve. Remember in verse 11, he said we are sojourners and exiles in this world. Yes, we have royal authority granted to us in christ but we don't have the authority to use that just to build up our own lives for our own benefit now is the time to show the world something different something better we live in a world that's hungry for power everyone's fighting to get ahead it's election season in our in our country and you see political ads and all kinds of news that's just one person tearing down another one after another trying to get to the top. And even those who think they're going to use that power for good, they succumb to the pressure as well. The more power you have, the more likely you are to be corrupted. That's why Washington didn't want the presidency or the monarchy. In this age of redemptive history, we are called to serve, to submit to every human institution, It's simply a way of saying, wherever you can find order in life, you find yourself a way to put yourself at the bottom of it. Become a servant to everybody. Peter gives some obvious examples then as a, a way of saying, from the top all the way down, everywhere, to the emperor as supreme. He's talking about Caesar. The guy at the time who had more power over the whole world than anyone has ever seen. Incredible authority. But if you're in the far reaches of the empire and you're told to submit to Caesar, you wonder what that even looks like. I'm never going to have a conversation with Caesar. I'm never going to have an interaction with him. So what does that look like? So he says, and to the governors as sent by Caesar to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. There's No way that you can interact with Caesar, but the way you submit to his governors, the ones put in cities and regions all over the empire, you submit to them as though you're submitting to Caesar himself. But the point goes even deeper than that. Peter wants us to see that just as Caesar has sent governors throughout the world, so has King Jesus himself sent Caesar, sent the governors, sent the mayors Sent your bosses, your employers, your parents. Everybody in authority is sent by King Jesus to punish evil and praise what is good. Everybody is God's tool for unfolding His sovereign work in the world. This is what Peter means by the phrase for the Lord's sake. It's not that Jesus needs you to do something for Him as though He has some need for you to benefit Him, it means that your submission to Christ will be reflected in submission throughout life, in other places, in other authorities, whether they're good or bad. In the home, in the church, in the marketplace, or even to the most wicked governments. Submit to Jesus by submitting to others. Now it's at this point where one would naturally wonder, what good can this accomplish? In our natural mindset, we want to fight to get ahead. We can't just let people walk all over us. We're going to get trampled out. Isn't this whole Christian movement just going to die a quick death if we just put ourselves beneath everyone's feet? Peter explains in verses 15-17 that submission is God's plan to save the world. This is God's will for you to take on Christ's identity of freedom. Look back in the text. Verse 15. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom to as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This section begins with the word for, meaning because. You should look for key words like this when you're reading your Bible. They help you understand how each section relates to the other. So this section is the ground, the reason why you should submit. First Peter says it's the will of God. He wants it to happen this way. This is the way he planned for His kingdom to fill the earth. And how is that going to work? What will this submission accomplish? Well, one of two things. First, as we saw in verse 12, it could lead others to Christ. They'll see your good deeds and they'll glorify God. They'll marvel that you would do such a thing completely contrary to the way that everybody else does it. Asking, where does this servant heart come from? Why would you volunteer to become a servant? And it will lead them to want to know Christ. and To become His and know His salvation. Or alternatively, Peter says, by doing good, you will put to silence the foolishness, the ignorance of foolish people. They know, they, they won't know what to do with your special kind of good works. It will confound them. It makes arguments of skeptics look ridiculous. If if there really isn't a God, if Christ hasn't really resurrected from the dead, then why are these people freely, joyfully giving themselves to serve the lowest of society? Denying every natural human impulse that's common to man. Christians are called to this unique kind of goodness that goes on beyond what people can do in their fallen condition. It's a goodness that they still recognize is good, service, but it's a goodness that can't be explained in ordinary ways. And verse 16 explains more in detail what it looks like. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We know that Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. None. We're no longer slaves to sin, but for freedom Christ has set us free. Peter said that we're not just set free from the consequences of sin, but saved to a royal priesthood, sons of God an eternal inheritance. We have freedom to live in a way that Caesar could only dream of. Angels are our servants. We can command angels to come To our care. Yet, Peter warns, don't use that freedom as a license just to go live any way you want. Indulge in the world and brush off any correction or any instruction, any guidance. People like to say, you can't judge me. Only God will judge me. Or you correct someone in sin and they say, it's okay, it's okay. Me and God got an arrangement. Jesus died for my sins, so I'm good. It's not a big deal. But if that's how you understand freedom, you've missed the Gospel completely. Gospel freedom makes you a joyful servant of God. Freedom from sin to service to God. It makes you live according to God's ways and want to fulfill His purposes. It makes you become like Christ Himself. Only the King of the universe is truly free. He can do whatever He wants. He doesn't need to listen to anyone's commands. And you know what the King of the universe did with His freedom? He emptied Himself. He took on the form of a slave. He died on the cross to pay for other people's crimes. He put Himself beneath everyone. And the Father highly exalted Him so that all who trust in Him, who empty themselves as well, make themselves a servant to everyone else, will be exalted with Him above all. That's what we are called to do. Find as many ways as possible to humble ourselves beneath others. Serve them. Show them through your own life how Jesus came down from heaven and became a servant. He's just living that out through you. Empty yourself for the good of others so that they, when you are exalted, they might rise in Christ with you too. This is the theme of the New Testament. Whoever keeps his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will find it. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. This is the identity of Christ in you. This is what everyone who has died to themselves put their faith in Christ to rise to a new life. This is what all of us are called to. You are called to submit. Not because you're a worthless slave that the world thinks deserves to be treated this way. No, we are called to something incredibly higher. We are a royal priesthood. Sons and daughters of God. You don't have to do it but you want to do it to display christ in this world the same jesus who said in john ten eighteen, no one takes my life from me but i lay it down on my own accord i have the authority to lay it down i have the authority to take it up again this charge i have received from my father the world treated him like a worthless beggar but it wasn't because he was worthless but because He freely chose to become a servant to everyone to lay His life down. Jesus is the King of the universe. Their very hearts beat in anger towards Him because He spoke their heart to beat. The breath that they breathed, that they spoke curses towards Him was a gift from Him to live. Yet He willingly submitted to it in order to lift others up with Him when the Father exalted Him. We are sons of the King of the universe. We don't have to legally submit to anyone, but as servants of God, we joyfully find ways to volunteer to serve in the lowest capacity with the highest joy. In this world, in this activity, in this service, the world will look at us and say, what in the world has gotten into them? when we're willing to give everything to serve others, we're doing good that cannot be explained by anything other than Christ alive in us. Does it mean that you sin when you're commanded to? The apostles in the book of Acts said we must obey God rather than men when they were told to not preach about Jesus. As a royal priesthood, we do have the authority to say no when the commands contradict God's direct commands. But ordinarily, We're called to submit even when it could be destructive to us. Because we've got a greater purpose than just building a functioning society. We are making Christ known and calling others through our lives to know Him too. So we see two primary reasons that we are called to submit. It's important as we go into the following text. That you see submission as a freely chosen opportunity to honor others. The first reason we do it is because King Jesus is sovereign over everything. And he's placed every authority in our lives to represent his sovereign work. And second, we submit because this is how Jesus is saving the world. In his freedom, he came and served others. And so we are called to do likewise. In our new freedom, serve Others, so that the only answer we can give is the gospel. Jesus, the King, emptied himself and became a servant to die on the cross to save sinners. So let's wrap it all up with verse 17. This is kind of a summary of everything he's just explaining. Kind of just a a rally cry. Now go do it. The first phrase is more of a general call. Honor everyone. It's this general idea that wherever you can find a place to serve, put yourself there. Ask yourself right now, think, who in my life, what relationships do I have? That it would be incredible if I showed up and just said, how can I serve you? Husbands, ask your wives, how can I serve you today? How amazing would it be if you showed up to work tomorrow and said to your boss, what can I do to make your job easier? They might fall down on the ground. Slain in the Spirit, apparently. (laughs) Find somebody to honor. Everyone can be honored. Even the worst among us. John Piper says that you can even honor a criminal. A convicted criminal. Because they have the image of God. They bear the image of God. Even a criminal deserves a fair trial. in in an appropriate, not excessive punishment. That's a way that you can honor someone according to their role, according to something that's honorable in their position. Your neighbor has value as a potential brother and sister in Christ. Go serve them. Your boss deserves to be honored as someone giving you direction in your week. Kids, honor your parents by obeying them as the one that God has put in your life to represent Him, to show you who He is. Find someone to honor. And in time, God will honor you. Remember, a couple weeks ago, I brought up the parable from Luke 14. Jesus talked about this great wedding feast. If you're invited to a wedding feast, don't walk in and take the highest seat, the one right at the head table, because it's going to be really embarrassing for you when the host then has one of his closer friends come, and then he has to tell you, uh, why don't you stand up and move down? And then you kind of do this walk of shame in front of everybody. He says instead, go to the lowest seat so that when someone else comes that he doesn't know as well, he can say, oh, friend, stand! And then you kind of, oh, wow, I get to move to the higher seat in front of everyone's watching eyes. Being people of submission is just having a battle to get to that lowest seat so that on the day of our Lord's great feast, He gets to stand us up in front of all the watching nations, all the angels of heaven looking at us as He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, sit at my right hand. That The lower you place yourself in this life, the more joyful that experience is going to be. That's our call. And then Peter gets more specific. Peter says, love the brotherhood. The first place you are to give your service is to the church. We talk about this all the time. The first place you give your commitment. The first place you share your treasure. The first place you give your energy. The people you prioritize your entire week's schedule around are the church. Become a servant to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Commit to a local body. Joining a church is a way of standing up before everyone and saying publicly, look at this face. Look at these hands. They're here to serve you. I am committing to you. You can count on me being here for you. For your good. It's in the brotherhood that you know that your service will be received and appreciated and honored. It's a safe place to rest when your service out there in the world gets really exhausting and and burdensome and you come back here and the other servants will build you up in your weakness to send you back out. When it's time to go back out in the world, you must do it with the proper attitude. A natural response to being told to submit even to wicked leadership is fear. They're going to destroy me they are going to break me down. You're telling me to do what? But you have nothing to fear but God Himself. Peter says fear God. He is in control of everything. Remember that every authority is sent by Him to do His will. Your service will silence their foolishness and in the last day He will hold every one of them accountable and bring you up before their eyes to honor you know that not a hair on your head will be moved without His sovereign hand in it. That becomes less and less of an encouragement to me the more bald I get. Then with that confidence, go. Go in the world. He just wraps it up. Honor the emperor. This could be taken kind of two ways. Is it honor Caesar or honor Jesus? The answer is yes. Do it. This is just a very short way and say go and submit. Some might actually get to go submit and honor real world rulers, world leaders. Like Jesus said, some of you will go before emperors and governors and then there Paul finds himself before Festus and Felix and Agrippa and eventually Caesar. If you get that opportunity, use it to make Christ known. But if you don't, You can still honor those higher authorities by honoring the lesser ones. In government, you can get to know your county board, your city council, your school board. You can go vote. Vote in a way that's not just to get you the most stuff, but to give you the most freedom to make Christ known. Find people at work who have great responsibilities and say, how can I help lighten your load? Find authorities in your life and go serve for their good. Not to get brownie points so you can get ahead, but so you can make Christ look good to them. We are on a mission of submission with an identity of freedom. Submission isn't a dirty word that we're to be ashamed of. It is your privileged opportunity to serve others as Christ has served you. Remember who you are. Servants of God. Sons of God. A royal priesthood. Your submission doesn't say anything about your identity, your value, your importance. None, none of you in Christ is worthless. You are highly honored in Christ. And your joyful service tells the world that you are free. And you are free to live like Christ. Go make Him known in your loving service. Let's pray. God, in many ways, I've had incredible, the incredible privilege of being served by these amazing people. And I've seen them go and serve one another. And I've heard of ways that they go and serve some that this world wants to push to the side. It breaks my heart to hear that there are churches that say, don't bring that kind of people into our gatherings. God, may we be people who run Run to those opportunities because You did that. You ran to us in Christ to make Your love known, to pull us out of the darkness. Would You equip us now? Fill us and send us out as humble servants, joyful to give ourselves for the good of others that Jesus may be exalted above all. Amen.